you guys doing? I'm on the road. Jeannie and I are out vacationing and hanging out with our daughter Cheyenne and uh, we got to hang out with my niece and nephew and their family and just really kind of take a step back and see what's going on in the world. But, um, you know, I just wanted to connect with you guys. I miss you. I feel like it's been so long since we've gotten to uh, do service and hang out. So, you know what, today will probably be a quick message, but, uh, man, I just want to tell you guys I love you. And I'm looking forward to uh, what God has for the next few months for all of us. I think that we're entering into a pretty uh, tumultuous but exciting time, and uh, I don't want to miss it. I don't think God wants us to miss any of this. So I thought we'd say a quick prayer this morning and uh, just do a couple songs and uh, just have fellowship together. So Heavenly Father, we, uh, we praise you, God. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that, Lord God, even when we're out doing and living life, we still have to take moments to connect with you, God, to love you and, and to spend time with you and to honor you. And so, Father God, today we just want to honor you. We want to thank you for the freedom that you've given us here in America, for our religious freedom, Lord God, that truly is essential to our walk. And, Lord God, today I just pray for your peace that transcends all understanding to guard over our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So I thought I'd do a couple old medleys today. The Lord is on my side.
here with you. And Jesus, we love you. We love you so much. We ask for your presence today, God. We just wait for that moment, Lord, when we know you're with us. Then we know, Father God, your plans are for us.
Jesus, we love you. crazy world I pray that will never change that no matter what God we love you we adore you and we worship you we give you all the glory in Jesus name amen amen and amen some paddling today, some sup. <laughs> I've had a couple pretty gnarly crashes in the last week on that sup. It's funny, I think it's going great. You're just whipping through and fantastic and all of a sudden a little ripple or a wind or something just barely catches you. It's like, boom, in the ground. Jenny said that the last time I crashed, I looked like a guppy. My mouth was like all the way to the water. I came up spit water. I thought I was going to drown. It's all good. You know, uh, today I get to use my iPad. Normally I print everything out because, uh, you know, I don't want to trust electronics. I'm still not there. I still don't believe this is always going to work. But today I'm just trusting in God, right? Amen. But again, Justin... Thank you. We appreciate you guys so much. I want to take just a moment. Our, our friends, the Tharps, his sister, Yvonne, and she's really sick. And we don't know if she made it through the night. I haven't heard yet. But Yvonne and Larry are the pastors of Bethel Baptist in Ridgecrest. Um, they're amazing, special people. So I just thought we could take a moment this morning and just say a prayer for Yvonne and for Larry. Father God, Lord, we just invite you this morning to enter into that room of our sister, Lord God. And I don't know if she's already with you in glory, Father, but I know that you have a plan. So I pray right now, Father God, for, for your peace for Larry for the Tharp family. I pray, Father God, for, for your presence in that room. And, and obviously, Father God, if, if she's still with us, we pray for a miracle. We pray for your absolute reviving of her mind, her heart, and her soul. And we ask, Father God, that, that you take special care of this amazing woman. We love you, Father. We praise you, and we give you the glory right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we're going to be talking about freedom. And, you know, I know when you guys hear the word freedom, you're probably thinking, yeah, freedom. But, you know, the Bible talks about our freedom in Christ. And it talks about how amazing that is. How even though we are his, his children, we're, his, we're, we're basically part of his family. It's that, 
that freedom that God gives us when we're in Christ that allows us to have amazing relationship with him and an amazing relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to be talking about freedom. About, I'm a little scared about how so many of us right now are being captured. We're being captured by a spirit of freedom that isn't in line with God. It's, it's a freedom to do what we want, do what we say. And that's not God's freedom. That's the world's freedom. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. You know, Jeannie and I have been going to a lot of conferences in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've been able to hear some great teachers. We've been able to hear some great messages about where our country's at and, and where the church is at today. And, you know, I, I just have to say that for us, it was confirmation. Everything we heard, everything that these other pastors and leaders were saying, it spoke to us. It allowed us to, um, to go, wow, we, we are hearing from God. And, you know, that, that's a great thing for all of us, right? We always want to know that, that we're hearing from God. That when we pray and we hear that still small voice, that it's it's actually speaking to us. That that what we want to happen, that what we feel God's telling us we need to be involved with, that it's honest, that it's true, that we're hearing the voice of God, not the enemy, not some other human being, but we're hearing God's voice, we're hearing God move in our own lives. And it was such a blessing, such a blessing to be able to, to get that confirmation and to know that, that God is putting us and leading us in a direction that we, that we feel is, is right on with what, what needs to happen in the church today. I mean, you think about America, you think about our great country and you're like, What nation compares? I mean, honestly, I would like any of you to, to tell me what nation compares. Now, I haven't been everywhere, but I've been around the world quite a bit. And everywhere I've been, every country that I set foot in, they loved America. Um, they wanted to be like America. They wanted to have personal freedom. They wanted to have personal liberties. They wanted to have the ability to worship God the way they wanted to. They wanted to be able to have a place that, that they could earn an income for their families. Our Constitution is a miracle. It was written by devoted men that compromised, that spent hours and hours and hours trying to come together and compromise and find a way for everyone to have a voice. Our Constitution is the greatest document besides the Bible ever written. And it makes me so sad when, when people don't acknowledge that or they think it needs to be changed. But you know what? It's important that we as believers don't go down that road of, of anger. It's important that we as believers keep our hearts and minds in gratitude about the men and women that, that went before us and did their best to make our country free. 
Abraham Lincoln, he knew that God had given us a great idea on how to self-govern. He felt that it was truly a gift from God. And he said the only thing that could ever take down such an amazing country was the enemy within. And we know that during the Civil War, it, it almost did take us down. And anytime our countries had these type of arguments where men and women could not come together and find, find unity, find compromise, our country has had havoc. It's had chaos. And you know that's not God's plan. This is Luke 11:17. If you have your Bibles, get them out. I'm going to be in Luke. I'm going to be in Matthew. A little bit of Judges and uh, Second Chronicles today. This is Luke 11:17. It says, "But Jesus, realizing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is will be destroyed, and a divided household will fall." Amen. Benjamin Franklin. He, uh, he was never known as a strong Christian, uh, maybe even an agnostic. But he looked at the men that were in and around him that served God. He looked at guys like George Whitfield, who literally went around the whole colonies preaching the gospel. He looked at what that man gave up for his beliefs, and it touched him. And it touched other writers, the Constitution. Because honestly, we need to have a moral compass. If we want to have freedom, we need to have a moral compass. There's, there's no way that we can have a free society if we don't all have some type of moral thoughts and ideas. The human nature is not born good. <laughs> we, are, we are born... The Bible says we're, we're born to sin nature. So it's important that we instill good morals into our children, into our society. It's extremely important. Freedom allows us, that free government, that allows us to govern ourselves. But honestly, that's the freedom that comes from knowing Christ. Believers know that anytime there's been a revival or anytime there's been some great move of God in a city or, or in a state or, or somewhere, that the crime rate's gone down, murders have gone down, rapes, all the horrible things in our society. When God's moved in that area, all that moves aside. Because when God moves, he moves in a culture, he moves in a society, he moves in a complete changing of hearts and minds. That's the transformation of coming to know Jesus. That's the transformation of having the Holy Spirit inside of us. You can't enforce freedom. It's important that governments strive to allow religious freedoms no matter what the situation is. It's important that religious freedom is always secure in our nation. Let's change the gears just a little bit. I'm, I don't want to go down that road today. I'm trying not to be too, um, I'm not even going to say the word. You know, it's important that we as believers are reminded, and I always say this, 
that the kindness of God brings about repentance. Amen? Amen. That's Romans 2.4. We need to be the light on the hill. We need to be that shining city. As believers, the freedom that God's given us, we, we need to show that. We need to let people see that light inside of us. We need to let people see that, that God has changed us. Because when people see that transformation in you, that's what causes them to go, huh, that guy used to be a jerk. <laughs> How come he's so nice now? How come he says nice things about other people? That's the love of God. That's the transformation that can change a city, a town, an environment. I mean, I'm thinking about my little city of Ridgecrest. I'm thinking about how, you know, so many churches have came together to, to feed the poor in Ridgecrest. And how we in unity are coming together to, to change the climate of our little town. Where people feel loved. Where they feel that their lives matter. And I know we're a small town. I know we're a small community. But wouldn't it be great if every single little city in America started being that light? That example? Because... It would catch on fire. What if people started saying, I want some of that. Maybe we can bring that to our city. Maybe we can change the culture of our city. Maybe we can show people Christ's love. When churches come together, that's what we get to do. When we come together and don't worry about petty little things, but worry about the love of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying we water down the gospel. I'm not even one iota we still teach the word of God we still teach Jesus Christ crucified we still teach the cross we teach the resurrection and we teach the Holy Spirit and we go on more and more and more Martin Luther King said this it says he said if you're not ready to turn the other cheek you need to get off the bus amen if we're not ready to turn the other cheek, if we're not ready to start living our faith in the society where people might be angry, where they might judge us, we need to be ready to turn the other cheek. We need to be ready to be able to look at our friends and our neighbors, and no matter what they say and do to us, we love them. We encourage them. We give them hope. He also said that the Constitution... This is Martin Luther King Jr. He said, the Constitution was the promissory note of freedom. I love that man. You know why the enemy killed him, right? Because he was walking with God. Martin Luther King Jr. was a great man. He brought a lot of change to our country. Galatians 5.1 says this. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burned again by a yoke of slavery. Amen. I mean, literally less than 100 miles away from us right now, there's a city, a big city, a downtown city, where people are marching, where people are, are asking for freedom, where people are demanding things. But that freedom's coming from anger. That's not the freedom that Christ is talking about. And we as a nation, 
while we need to be able to to help and resolve and love that situation we also need to remember that that freedom came with a price siri is not available I'm, i hit the wrong button i'm so sorry <laughs> see i told you i've failed at least once in this electronic device <laughs> But we can't govern out of anger. We as a nation cannot govern out of anger. A republic can only stand when we as a nation remember that it's service above self. And that the only true freedom in this life comes from Jesus Christ. We must never forget that it's only a great republic if we can keep it. Depends, my friend. So where are we? Where are we in our faith? Where are we in our time with God? Are we starting to let go a little bit? Are you starting to realize that you're not in control? I hope you have. I hope that this whole, um, this whole situation, this whole, um, this whole thing has helped you know that you are not in control and as I said a couple weeks ago the government's not in control only God is in control we need as a church to be reminded that we have to start walking in intimacy that it's important as we walk our streets as we walk our towns as we pray for our neighbors, that we seek intimacy with the Father. Because I'm going to tell you, intimacy with God, quiet time with God, that's what allows us to have the strength to walk in that freedom that God has given us. That's what allows us to, to demonstrate what true intimacy is. When we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our life, when we allow the Holy Spirit to be in us, walking in us, talking in us, saying words and doing things because God is directing our steps, then we this church, we the ecclesia, that's when we have the power to take on the gates of hell. That's when we have the ability to, to go forth as the church and be prosperous. To go forth and do things that, that matter. When the believers come together, when we unite, and we all understand that that power that, that Peter was talking about was because he knew that Jesus was the Messiah. This is Matthew 16, 15 through 17. It says, He said to them, who do they say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And that goes on in 18 and says, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not stand against it. You know, a lot of churches get caught up right there with 
with Peter and I will build my church. Somehow they, they thought he meant Peter. The Greek for, for Peter right there is Petros. It actually means a chip or a small piece of rock. And then when, when he says, upon this rock, it's Petra, rock, big, big. I will build my church. I will build my church upon the rock that is Jesus Christ. I will build my church upon what we know to be the truth, that he was the Messiah. Don't get caught up in that. Because the whole purpose of that statement is that we would work together. That we would come together, that the ecclesia would come together to change, at that time, Gia, the world. The known world at that time. That's, that was Jesus' comment to them. If we want to see that kind of power in our lives, in our churches, in our communities, then we have to remember the promises that Jesus gave us. Amen? Matthew 18, 18 through 20 says, Truly I tell you, whatever you find on earth, it will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or more are gathered in my name, I will be in their midst. He said the same thing right after talking to Peter in Matthew 16, 19. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Why don't we walk in that? Why as a church today, why don't we walk in the supernatural? Why don't we seek after miracles day after day after day? Why would we feel that, that, that God would just stop I struggle with this so hard because, you know, I've learned in school that scripture interprets scripture, right? When we, when we interpret the Bible, we should always use the Bible as the, as the rock, as the cornerstone to be able to speak about these things. God has always done miracles. Since the dawn of time, God's been in miracles. And God does not have dementia. He has not forgotten his miracles. He has not forgotten his nature. He has not forgotten his personality. God is still God. He wants us to walk. John 14, 12. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than this because I am going to the Father. bottom line is we're always in a hurry we're not going to go into miracles and take a big long time about this today but I can tell you this if we want to see miracles if we want to see God move in our church in our city in our homes we have to make sure that we wait for the presence of the Holy Spirit 
need to make sure that you're in God's presence. That you are praying because it's God's will, not your will. That you're seeking after the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I can't tell you that every miracle I pray for, every healing I ask God of, not everyone gets healed. But some do. So I will continue to pray. And I will continue to seek God's miracles. And I will continue to ask my Father God to do greater things. Because I believe that's the freedom that we have in Jesus. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. We need to watch how our Heavenly Father responds. We need to read the Bible, read about how Jesus always did what the Father told him. Jesus always sought after what the God of heaven and earth sought after. He didn't do things on his own. I'm doing what my father showed me. And we need to be doing what Jesus showed us. That's how we walk in power. That's how we walk in authority. That's how we do things that make changes in our world. mountains and influence if we want revival if we want to see transformation then we have to remember that we the church we are the people of currency we are the currency of God we're the ones that do what God asks us to do the church does that believers do that that's how we change that's how God uses us like currency. I love that saying. I love that. We are the currency. We are the gatekeepers. We are the called out citizens. And we have to do better. Christians are great at loving each other. <laughs> but we don't work together so well. We, we, we fight over the stupidest things. We, we literally split up churches over the silliest things. God just wants us to be real. He wants us to love people. He wants us to find ways to touch hearts and minds. That's true freedom. That's the calling that he has for you and I. Let's wrap this up. You know, yesterday, <clears throat> I was headed to the store yesterday morning to get stuff for biscuits and gravy. Because, you know, I'm on vacation. <laughs> so, um, and my daughter, Cheyenne, loves biscuits and gravy. So as a father, it's my job to make those for her. I truly believe that. But I'm going to the store. 
as I'm driving, I see this old cemetery, and I've seen it before. But yesterday, I just pulled in. God was like, no, I want you to come in here. And I drove down. I'm looking all around. I'm actually looking for a young headstone. My nature. Hey, maybe I know somebody. <laughs> but I didn't find that. I found her Patrick Tharp. So, of course, I thought about Yvonne. And I prayed for Yvonne and Larry and, and my dear friend Bob and Judy. As I'm sitting there, I'm realizing many of these people Many of these headstones are already with our father. They're already in his presence. They're already enjoying their faith. And it was awesome. It was a great moment for me to kind of visualize heaven and visualize that moment when we're all there together. As I'm in this place of gratitude and worship, I realize that there's some sadness there. Because there's also a lot of headstones there that didn't know Jesus, that didn't know my father. And that's gut-wrenching. It's gut-wrenching for me for one soul to not know Jesus. So today I just want to speak to anyone listening. If you don't know Jesus, today's a great day to know him. Today's a great day to meet the Savior. He loves you. He died for you at Calvary. You know, it's, I'm not going to tell you it's this easy thing. Because I don't believe that. I believe that salvation starts with us saying, God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died for me on the cross. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. And because of him, I will have eternal life. And because of him, I am forgiven. So if you start that thought today, if you start that prayer today, Tell someone, tell me, tell Jeannie, tell anyone you're around and say, hey, I accepted Christ. Because at that moment, your life begins. And you're going to have struggles. You're going to have joy. You're going to have suffering. But you're going to be victorious. You're going to be victorious. And that's what I want to tell you today is that if today is the day you accept Christ, walk in that freedom walk in that knowledge that's true freedom that's true freedom it doesn't come from anger it doesn't come from I deserve it comes from humility and realizing that we all need a savior I love you guys let's pray Heavenly Father we uh, we love you Jesus, we love you. We ask for your presence in a mighty way today. We ask, Father God, for your presence to surround our friends, our family. Father God, people we don't even know. 
Help us to reach out to our neighbors. Help us, Father God, to love people that are hard to love. I pray, Father God, for a spirit of forgiveness to fall upon everyone listening today. That they don't hold grudges. That they don't hold, Father God, anything that could separate them from the love of Christ. Lord God, we thank you for your son. We thank you for this life. And we thank you, Father God, for the freedom that we have because of it. We praise you. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for joining us online. You are loved. I pray that today you are blessed by God. I pray that today that you find a way to just take a moment. Take a moment and say thank you, Jesus, for your freedom. I love you guys. We'll talk to you soon.